10, 5, he's into the end zone, touchdown Arkansas State. Deflected into the hands of Belts, Avery for three, hits. Culver is safe, the Red Wolves have walked it off. Welcome to the Second to None Podcast, the A-State Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else, Matt Stoltz and Brad Boba. Coming up a little bit later on, we'll... Talk about Sunbelt Conference media days that were held earlier this week. Also, a couple of new assistant coaches that uh, are on staff now. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on as well. But we're joined in studio today by a very special guest, the newest A-State quarterback on the roster. It's J.T. Shroud. How, How are you, doing? J.T.? Good, good. Thank you guys for having me. Well, we wanted to have you because... Mm-hmm. This is a chance to get to know you. I don't think you've had a chance to really do any interviews to this point. So Correct. a chance for our fan base to get to know about you. And I guess the thing that, that is most recent that our fans have seen is the fact that you're now engaged. Correct. I am. Yes. So before we talk about your fiance, and we will talk about your fiance. So how did you pop the question um, so over a 4th of July break, I ended up flying down to Florida to meet her down there and did a little beachside proposal over the sunset. So it was a real, really nice and special moment for both of us. I, I hope she enjoyed it as much as I did. Was Planned it just- out? Yeah. So I, I had some help with some of her, her friends that were going down there helping planning it with me. And then uh, you know we all drove down there and acted like we were going to a dinner on the beach and then uh, had a little picnic set up that... I found some photographers and people down there to help me set some stuff up and surprise her. So it was really, really, really special. Now, Brad and I are really excited to talk to you, J.T. Shrout, who was announced earlier this year as the A-State quarterback commit. But I've got a 12-year-old daughter who (laughs) is obsessed with softball, Yes, watches softball all the time. And I will tell you that Charlotte is more excited about... Allie being here, <laughs> that being Allie Shipman, yes. who was a fantastic catcher at the University of Alabama, was the catcher for Montana Founts, one of yep. the better known pitchers in all of college softball. So yes. how did you guys meet? What's the story there? So Allie and I, uh, we met our freshman year at Tennessee. I met her sometime in July over the summer. And then I think a, a day or two before fall camp started, I ended up asking her if she wanted to go out with me. And so we've been going on five years in August. So it's been a long run, but hopefully have a lot more uh, years to grow old with each other and just spend our lives together. So I'm just super happy to have her in my life. And survived long distance. I know yes. everybody can do this. Yes. Yeah, it was tough, but uh, you know, it, got, it was good. You know, we grew individually and you learn to appreciate the time you have together when you're when you're close and then not take any of that for granted. Does it depend on where you are geographically or kind of what sports you're around? I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure out like when is she JT's girlfriend or when are you just somewhere where you're just Allie's boyfriend? Yeah, I mean I think it's when I'm in Tuscaloosa, I'm I'm not JT, it's it's Allie's boyfriend <laughs> over there for sure. Um they don't like me too much down in Tuscaloosa anyway cuz I played played in Orange for a while, so <laughs> That makes but, sense. But uh, definitely Allie's boyfriend down there. And, you know, when she's out in Colorado games the past couple of years or if she was at football games and I was playing, we were together at school at Tennessee. It was She was that's JT Shroud's girlfriend. And, you know, so it's kind of how the tables turn when you're at each other's sporting events, I guess. 
Let's talk more about you. I guess your listed hometown is Santa Clara, California. Mm-hmm. So is that where you were born? Yeah, I was born in Southern California. I couldn't tell you the city that my mom. You're born me in Southern times, California, but... but made it up to Northern. No, so it's Santa Clarita. It's in Southern California. It's confused a lot for Santa Clara. Not the first time I've heard that. Forty minutes north of of Hollywood is kind of where I grew up. So okay, Southern California kid, and then. Uh, Spent my whole whole childhood and teenage years up there and kind of moved my way east and kind of made my way bouncing around the country the past couple of years. On Friday afternoons, I, I get really ticked off if I've got to be on Red Wolf Boulevard. <laughs> and to you, you're like, eh. There's no traffic out here. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice driving out here for sure. Yes. Yeah, you get into traffic around here, then you're upset because it's unexpected. You just <laughs> you plan for the traffic in Southern California. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was talking to my mom about it the other day. We were talking about kind of locations of apartments and school and everything. And you know, if we were driving five miles from my high school, we lived about probably six or seven miles away from my high school, and it was a 35 minute drive going on the highway and just getting off side streets wow. to get to school. It's 35 minutes going a few miles just because. At 6.37 in the morning, everyone's driving down to L.A. getting to work. And then at 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock, you got rush hour trying to get back. And it's another crazy, crazy scene that I do not miss driving at all, for sure. So when you said it was seven-minute drive, she thought you lived across the street from the stadium. Yes, she thought it was really close. And then she's like, oh, this is a little <laughs> further out than I expected. I'm like, yeah, but it's only about seven, eight-minute drive. It's not too, not too bad at all. And she's like, that's crazy. And yeah, so it was fine. We were actually just talking about the, the differences in driving in California traffic versus being out in the wet south. Now, you mentioned your mom. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your family. Yeah, family. I got one younger sister. She plays soccer down in San Diego, California. College? She, yeah, she's in college. She'll be uh, she'll be graduating. She's gonna be graduating in three years. Um, so she's super smart. She's a midfielder in soccer, and uh, she's an awesome kid. Love her to death. She's one of my best friends in the world. And then I uh, got a great support system. My mom and my dad as well. Named what do they do? Yeah, they're both uh, police officers, actually. Both uh, of them. Both of them. Yes. So does that interest you? Is Not at that all. a possi- no, Not at all. No, no possibility of no JT chance. becoming a police officer. No shot. I mean, do you ever get away with anything? No, no. I, <laughs> I, I'd be, I'd be put in cuffs. But if I ever got caught doing anything crazy, that's for sure. When I was growing up, they made that very clear. Now, specifically, what, what do they do with the police? Dad's a probation officer, and my mom's a homicide detective. Wow! Yeah. Holy cow! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. That, yeah, that is deep that stuff. is. <laughs> This is taking we're, we're, a turn. Gonna, that, what week can we get her on? <laughs> <laughs> so when she she's uh, investigating a homicide, mm-hmm. uh, obviously she got to co- keep a lot of things to herself. But can you tell, like, when she's deep into something like that, deep into a case? She works really long hours, and I mean, she's they have what's called on call, basically. So any time of the week, any hour, she can get a phone call, and she's got to go out to a scene. So. Her schedule is very hectic. Dad, dad's a little more nine to six, or you know, you know, getting in there and kind of on schedule. And mom's kind of all over the place. So they both have a have a crazy work life in, in a way. But mom's definitely very busy. Whether it's your just your experience seeing her growing up, mm-hmm. or maybe as you got older and were mature enough to ask her about it. Yeah. How do you unplug from that? How do you leave that somewhere and go home and not drag it around? Yeah, I mean, for her, I think I think it definitely changes you a little bit. You see some stuff that probably most people couldn't even imagine seeing, and she's not allowed to discuss that with, yeah. with my sister or, or anybody at home. You know, that's kind of stays between her and her work, but um, I think it definitely kind of changes her perspective on life, and she kind of has to find a 
way to turn it off when she walks to the door and be a great mom like she does and but she did then yeah yeah she she was the best mom in the whole world i couldn't have asked for for a better upbringing from her or from my dad and they both did a great job raising us and i'm very appreciative of both of them is it a whole family of athletes too you say your sister is a soccer player did your parents play yeah anything? yeah they both played uh high school sports my dad stopped playing uh when he was in high school and then my mom played a little bit of softball in junior college and kind of stopped and oh i'm sure she's loving that with her future daughter-in-law yeah it's funny they actually uh my fiance's travel coach his dad was my mom's travel coach growing up because we're kind of from the same really? town yeah so it was actually kind of a small world thing right there hang on mm-hmm Said you're kind of from the same hometown. We went to rival high schools. I had no idea who she was until I met her in college. But you just both ended up at Tennessee from Southern California. Mm -hmm. Well, that is nuts. Had no idea who she was and then get on campus and see this beautiful blonde girl. And I'm like, I got to find out who that is. And so. It went to rival high schools. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, We're 10 minutes into this thing and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, it's already had all the twists and turns. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, um. Let's get into football. Yep. Was that your first love? Did you no. play anything else? No, I think baseball was probably my first love. I was a baseball player growing up. Pitcher? Pitcher, shortstop. I think mom and dad probably would have bet their life that I'd end up playing college baseball. And uh, freshman year, high school, played baseball and football and everything. And then kind of after that, just decided to stick with football. Was having more fun with it. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how I ended up here, I guess. But uh Baseball was definitely the first love for me, no doubt about it. They would have bet their life you were going to be a college baseball player, mm-hmm. but by your freshman year, you were having more fun playing football. Yeah, I didn't grow up playing football, so I started playing football pretty much. And I mean, I played like a little bit of flag football when I was younger, and I think I played one year of tackle football when I was like seven, and then didn't like it at first. Stuck to baseball pretty much, and then once I got you know around eighth grade, freshman year, played played another season of tackle football. I think I was just kind of getting burnt out of the baseball scene, and football was kind of new and fresh and was fun, and I love the competitiveness of it and the, the team aspect of it and having the ball in your hand every play, so I kind of stuck with it and enjoyed it. Play golf? I just started playing golf. I'm absolutely horrible, but I do enjoy it. I'm terrible. Well, so are we, yeah. but we enjoy it too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the best best way I can go waste my money on $50 worth of balls every couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so... You were having success with football. You were a highly rated quarterback in high school. But I read somewhere where you also played wideout in your junior season. Is that right? I played a little bit. I I never. I I don't think I, I don't think I logged a catch my junior year. Um, I was probably our fifth or sixth string wideout and played a little bit of safety my junior year. But uh, I ended up kind of backing up my junior year in high school. Played my senior year and at quarterback and. Everything kind of took off that that summer going into the senior year recruiting-wise, and um, everything worked out just fine for me. You end up going to Tennessee, Mm -hmm. so talk about just that initial decision to to go to Tennessee. I'm sure there were some schools much closer to home that you could have gone to. Yep, almost went to Cal Berkeley, went on a visit to Tennessee, fell in love with Knoxville, fell in love with just the place itself, and enjoyed my three years there things didn't work out for different reasons but uh, I loved my my three years I learned a lot playing against some some really good competition I can look back on it and enjoy my time there and have nothing but good things to say about the place about the fan base and uh, yeah it was a good time you redshirted your first year in 2018 then played in eight games over 2019 and 2020 2020 of course mm-hmm. the COVID season but after those three years, you made the decision to 
go to Colorado. Talk yep. about that transition. Yeah, things weren't kind of working out at, uh, at UT, so I ended up looking in the portal and uh, found a home at Colorado with uh, Coach Carl Durrell and his staff. I get there in 21, won the starting quarterback battle in fall camp, and a few days later ended up tearing my ACL in a scrimmage. Put to the sidelines that whole that whole year and was unable to play and help my team at all, which was probably the hardest thing I've had to go through, having something I love really taken away from you. Just rehab the heck out of everything for that that off season and you know going back into that last year at Colorado um obviously it was a tough year for us but uh ended up getting back on the field starting for him and another kind of like you said just kind of a down year for us our head coach ends up getting fired mid-year and we have interim head coach that, and Mike Sanford that I really enjoyed playing for and was hoping to stay there and hoping they hired him and they ended up hiring Deion Sanders and coach Prime brought his his players in and his staff as and his son so Kind of was able to see the writing on the wall there, and I mean, it was in the press conference. Yeah, Dion got up there in the press conference, and he's got his son right behind him, and said, "Hey, this is your starting quarterback." As the guy in that role, I mean, did you instantly know, "Hey, I've got to go into the portal again"? Yeah, I mean, you know, when you hear rumors about certain staffs coming in and everything's up in the air, uh, I knew if he was getting the job that. I was probably going to end up having to look elsewhere. That ended up happening, and I couldn't be more happy to be here in Jonesboro right now. So, yeah, I don't want to bog the conversation down here because I'm not even sure we would stop off here. But it it is – I mean, you of all people, like there's one thing to hear a guy's getting, you know, a rumor. But, like, this time you also – as you said, you know – his son's a quarterback, so like you said, it, it's a that's a pretty easy dot to connect there. But just the whole country's obviously talking about that hire and that program. Mm-hmm. So not even just a quarterback, just the guy in it when it happened. Just kind of how nutty a scene was all that. I think it's kind of a double-edged sword. I mean, as someone who's a, a competitor and everything and wants to play, I think, like you said, I can see the writing on the wall and see the reality of the situation was that he was going to play who he wanted to play, and that's that's totally fine, and he's going to do his best to turn that program around. And as an alumni, I, I hope that they do really well. I do think it's also kind of unfair for some of the kids that were brought in there in, in the spring or my teammates last year that were there and were told you can go to school here or you can put your, and you won't be on this football team, but if you want to play football, you're going to have to look elsewhere, and they don't have a choice to ever put on that, that uh, uniform ever, ever again. So I think it's a double-edged sword, but... At the end of the day, this portal stuff's kind of been crazy over the last few years. It's kind of the Wild West for everything, and there's a lot of new stuff going on, and I think there's different ways that you can do it. That's how Coach Prime's decided to do it. That's all up to him, and I wish them the best and have nothing but but good things to say uh, about that program, about that place while I was there. So I just, like I said, wish him the best. It is crazy now with the portal mm-hmm. and, and NIL, so a lot of dudes can get in there looking for a lot of different things. Yeah, For you, you're looking – for a chance to go compete and get on the field and beat somebody's quarterback. Mm-hmm. So talk about that process of being there and again and, and sort of researching or looking at the situations to find the next spot. Yeah, like I said, it was kind of a, a whirlwind. You know, you kind of get forced in the portal again, and then you're starting kind of from point zero. It's it's like high school recruiting in a way, but you also have had the luxury to go through it a time or two now. So you kind of get to see uh, through the BS of recruiting and get to the, the nitty-gritty of it, I guess you could say, and – I pretty much had it narrowed down to a few schools and came on a visit here and really pretty much on, on my visit I just spent probably two days in, the, in a room with Coach Heckendorf and Coach Jones and we watched a ton of film, went over the offense, 
he walks through how he kind of teaches and installs everything in his meetings and kind of handles the quarterback situation in that quarterback room because he's our quarterback coach as well as our offensive coordinator. I pretty much fell in love on that visit just with the X's and O's aspect of it and then obviously getting to meet the players that you're going to be playing with and talk to them and see how they feel about the staff and how they feel about the program and the direction they're going in. And I just felt like this team was a a team that was kind of ready to get over that hump and they're tired of losing. and They're really bought into this program and I could feel that on my visits and on the time that I was able to come down and be around these guys. I just it was a unit and a place that I wanted to come and be a part of and help them kind of get over that hump and do everything I can to get this program to a, the place that it's supposed to be at. When we play today, we win something bigger than ribbons or trophies. We win our tomorrows. Wherever we play, wherever we fight, wherever we overcome odds, we're winning our way. Simmons Bank is committed to supporting women athletes in the communities we serve and are proud to be an official sponsor of A-State Women's Athletics. Not just for a season, but for a winning future. Seasons are short, but fierce is forever. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. This is Coach Butch Jones, and we need you to help our A-State athletic programs by donating to the Impact Club. This is an organization that is making a real difference in the lives of our student-athletes. Make a monthly commitment and get access to team newsletters, special gear, and exclusive access that you will not find anywhere else. Find out more and give today at impactclub.com. That's impact spelled I-M-P-A-C-K-T club.com. Your support is greatly appreciated and is helping our program right now. Wolves up. Continuing to visit with JT Shroud here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. Now, when you went to Tennessee, that was right after Coach Jones had left Knoxville. Mm -hmm. So when you came to Jonesboro, was that your first communication with Coach Jones? It was. I actually was not recruited by his staff at UT at all. Basically, our offensive coordinator at Tennessee, he was at Southern Cal. And so when he got the job at UT after Coach Jones and his staff were let go, he was who kind of recruited me there. And uh, our linebackers coach, Sebastian Shalala, was a GA at the time at Tennessee. And he was actually the first guy to reach out to me from Tennessee. And then the first person I got a call from when I get in the portal was Coach Shalala here at Arkansas State. So it was kind of a 360 kind of connection from pretty much having the, the school that I ended up going to first. The first person to contact me was him. And then coming back here, the first person I heard from was him as well. So it's kind of a small world thing. I'm trying to remember exactly when the initial commitment was. When did you verbally commit? Late January, early February around that time. But you still had to finish the semester at Mm -hmm. Colorado. So you were not able to come here and and go through spring practice. But you still made the very best of it, didn't you? Tell us what you did during the spring. Yeah, I mean, I was on the phone with Coach whenever, whenever he was allowed to be. And, you know, we were going over playbook installs and you're talking about coach heck coach heck yeah or just whatever recruiting time he had that he can come get on the phone with me that, that, I was on that's the phone what with so you're gonna, that was the kind of the story heard that every kind of period where he could be in contact with you we you guys had together. a standing nine o'clock phone call true every every time that he was allowed to and whenever that was allowed he'd say you get you free to make some time and 9 p.m it'd be nine o'clock in jonesboro time eight o'clock boulder time and so i'd be on the phone with him and we'd be going over playbooks and installs and trying to get as much of the verbiage down as I could so that it wasn't a big of as big a jump as it would be if I was to learn it from brand new when I got here and how long were these conversations every night probably about an hour or so just getting getting on and just 
talking through installs a little bit and just hearing the verbiage, seeing the concepts and being able to kind of go through some tape and get on top of things as much as we could and take advantage of the time that we were available and allowed to do. Just trying to take advantage of as much of it as we could. And it just goes to kind of show the the amount of care that he has as a coach kind of pouring into me, taking his time away from his family at nighttime and seeing his kids and his wife. So I was really appreciative that he was able to do that with me. So you guys, when you commit to a school out of the portal, Mm -hmm. there's nothing that you have to sign that binds you to the school. True. Now, I'm sure you can appreciate the fact that leads to a lot of tense days for the coaching staff because at at any day, somebody else can come along and make you an offer and and you're free and clear to accept that offer. So how many times did you have to reassure these guys, hey, we're good, we're all good, we're we're, Uh, we're coming to Jonesboro? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I – once I uh, got on my visit and came down here and I told Coach Jones in his office on my visit, I was like, I love what you're doing. I want to be a part of this and gave my word. So pretty much once I do that, I'm not going to go back on it. I think my, my mom and dad are pretty firm on that when you give someone your word. You, you know, thinking it, so. of what your mom and dad do now, I, I get it. You, yeah. you weren't going to mess around and, and pull out of your commitment. Yeah. So you mentioned the 9 o'clock standing phone call, but during spring practice, you also came here yeah, got to come up on some unofficial visits. And, so a couple uh, of times you came in, right? Yeah, I came in twice over the weekend, just whenever I didn't have school. On my spring break, had a little bit of time, so I came out on my spring break and was able to watch practice and stuff. So being able to stand out there and see how the practices were run, just get to watch the guys a little bit and be around the guys and kind of build some camaraderie with them and just get around the team as much as I could because I wasn't going to be able to be here and kind of build those relationships. And Coach always talks about you know connectivity and just being being with each other, you know, when it's off the field. And so I'm getting to, you know, just be around my receivers, be around my old lineman a little bit, kind of get to know everyone ahead of time was, was really big for me. And then also just being able to see practice and see what I was kind of talking over the phone live too, just watching it was, I think, big for me too, taking mental reps and stuff as well. When you talked about being on the visit and all the things you like, it's things a lot of guys would say, you like what they've got going on and the team and all of these things, but you kind of you specifically said you liked what you were hearing from an X's and O's standpoint. What was that? You know, I'd been, and this is going to be my, I guess, technically, because last year we kind of ended up running two different offenses. Be like my sixth offense that I've ran in high school. I've almost had, I've only had a coordinator for more than one year once in my career, and it was my last two years at Tennessee. Other than that, I've had a new coordinator every year. So I've been around a lot of different offenses and a lot of different football and kind of seeing what I think can help prepare me to, one, be successful at the college level, but also prepare you for the NFL. I think Coach Heck's offense has best of both worlds for that. It's one thing learning an offense, but you talk about you wanting to come here in the spring to help develop those relationships with your teammates. And as a quarterback, you're expected to just naturally be a leader of the team, but you're having to do it without going through spring practice, getting to know all these new guys. So how do you go about trying to earn their respect in a really quick amount of time in a couple of months getting ready for a football season? Yeah, it's definitely not something that's easy coming in. There's a lot of new faces, a lot of new people, and you're trying to navigate and learn everything kind of on the fly. But I think the best way to come about it is to just come in and put your head down and go to work. You can have a lot of guys that are going to talk and be about a lot of rah-rah, but I think the best way to earn respect from people is going out there and you know, working your butt off and seeing that this guy's going to 
work his butt off. So you can't demand anybody else to do something if you're not going to do it yourself. I watched that last dance by Michael I'm Jordan. Just thinking the same thing. I, I, I literally saw you. you <laughs> well, see Mike, I would expect that from you. You see, in Mike and Michael Jordan's talking about, you know, I was going out there and I was going to work my butt off at practice and I was going to hold those guys to that same standard, but I can't do that if I'm not holding myself to that standard. So I think the first thing is kind of coming here, establish that I'm going to do everything I can to work as hard as I can and command the offense and earn the respect of my teammates through the little workouts and the little player run practices that we're allowed to do over the summer, just showing that I'm going to go in here and I'm going to command this offense and run it. And um, also kind of like you said, just kind of getting to know them off the field a little bit and hanging out with them grabbing lunch, you know, playing video games, just doing things that aren't football yeah. off the field, you know, just so that everything's not X's and O's, that you guys have friendships and that you have a little bit of rapport around these guys just as people and kind of learning their personalities so that you know how to go and lift them up when they need it or you need to get in their butt a little bit and get them going. You know, you have different personalities that you got to handle differently, and I think that's just kind of it comes with reps and stuff on the field, but also comes with learning who they are as people. The other interesting dynamic here is that it's not that the coaching staff didn't have talent in the quarterback room, but they needed a guy that's been battle-tested. So you come in here and, and you've got two talented younger guys. So what kind of what's that mix between mentoring those dudes and, know, and also knowing they'd love nothing more than to, to beat you out for that spot? Yeah, I mean, I think that's every – I think if you don't want to play and you don't want to be the guy, I think there's something wrong with you. But Jackson and, and Jalen, really everybody in that room, you know, Will Pritchard and Christian, all those guys have been really great to go in and work with every single day. I think it's been good because, like you said, there's some talented players and, you know, they push you and they make you work your butt off because everyone's coming in every day. They're coming in with the right mindset. They're coming in to work really hard and, you know, I think they've been coached really well over the short amount of time they've been here. And so I think it's really good to have them in the room because whenever that decision of who's going to be the guy is going to be the guy, you got a supporting cast of, of people that are going to be able to help you on game day, help you throughout practice, help you in film study. They're all really good people. That's kind of just another thing, too, is, you know, I don't have any trouble with any of those guys in that room. I think we can all go out and compete and then be friends off the field, which is a really fun dynamic, too. You mentioned you, you could tell the, the culture was in place. You could tell the guys were sick of losing. Mm -hmm. There have been three losing seasons in a row, but I'm sure you've learned the history of this place a little bit. Before those three seasons, there was nine straight winning seasons, nine straight bowl games, and five conference championships. So yeah. you know coming in that this is a place that you can win. Yeah. I, uh, I think one of the things that we were talking about it today in our quarterback room we were just talking about fourth quarter finishing in last year. We're three and eight team last year, and led in the fourth and eight. And eight of games, those yeah. games, we have the lead in the fourth quarter, and you have an opportunity to go seven and four, eight and three if you finish those fourth quarters. So, I think the the margin for winning and losing, like coach coach said, that margin is so small. I think this team is right there. They're hungry, and we just got to go out there, and we just got to play clean football. And I think it's going to be a good result next year, this this next season. And in particular with the offense, I mean, you see a bigger, deeper offensive line in place now. Nice receivers with guys like Corey Rucker and Jeff Foreman, mm -hmm. Adam Jones, Courtney Jackson coming in from Syracuse, guys like Zach Wallace and Brian Sneed at, at the running back position. What do you see when you look at uh, these guys you're playing with on offense? I'm really excited, to be honest with you. I feel really good about all the rooms. We have a very talented receiver room, in my opinion. 
big running back room where we can plug and play multiple guys whenever you need them to. And I think that's going to help you throughout a, a long season. I feel confident in our front five guys that are going to be protecting me. And uh, they're working their butts off every day. I see them watching extra film with their O-line coach after practice, just on their own time. And they're in the weight room when I'm walking by again getting treatment or something like there they're just taking care of their bodies doing the extra little things they need to do and you know I just feel feel really excited to be around a group of guys that are just bought in and want to compete and want to win and I feel that from not just the offense you feel it from the defense as well so I'm just really excited to get going next week and be around be around this team in the fall here's the preface couple of them on this one you sure. can pick either side of the ball and i'm not saying there's only one answer to this question yeah. but i want you to tell me again because you played in the sec played in the pac-12 give me a guy that you've crossed paths with here's this arkansas state team where you said well, that guy right there that's a dude he can ball there's multiple the first one that kind of comes to the, the top of my head probably is Corey rucker he shows some really really flashy things at times where you're just like wow I threw him a pass the other day in practice, and he caught it behind his back, and I was just like, that's just some different <laughs> stuff. He, he's a very talented kid, and he's going to do some really good things for us this year. I think Jeff Foreman's going to have a really good year. A lot of guys in our line are prior SEC players, so, I mean, they look the part, and once we get in pads, I think you'll kind of find out what they're about, and I'll be, a, be able to see it kind of firsthand in the coming weeks, and I'm really excited about that. I think we just got a lot of guys that can play football here. I mean – I don't think there's much a difference between the Sunbelt Conference and some of the other Power Five conferences. I think that margin is very small, but I think there's players that leak through the cracks in recruiting and they end up wherever they're at and they play really well and they get to play on Sundays. So I think the margin for players isn't super far off from a group of five versus a Power Five conference perspective but there's a ton of guys on this football team that like I said I mentioned a few names but there's so many guys on this team that are going to make impactful plays this year and that are going to have great football careers and that could play in any conference in, in America. Heck we asked the same question because again we talked about the leagues you've you've gotten to be a part of you just kind of stacked up the roster against those leagues I know people are interested to hear you stack up the facilities against those other conferences. I was really pleasantly surprised by Arkansas State's facilities. I went to a few different schools over kind of the early January period and wasn't expecting much when I got here and then you get to campus and you see the the access to weight room to nutrition to trainers and training rooms and meeting rooms indoor I mean we have a nicer indoor than we had at Colorado and it snows in Colorado and you'd think you'd need nice indoor <laughs> out there but then we got a full field out there you know so we have everything that you could ever ever need or want as a division one football player and I was very surprised and that definitely kind of had an impact probably on a little bit of decision-wise as well, recruiting, just because you know that you need certain things to help yourself be the best player you can, and you're going to have to have resources to help you do that. So knowing that the school has, you know, really done their best to give us the best that we can have from a resource standpoint, I'm very grateful for, and I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised to see that when I got down to Jonesboro. Well, man, we're thrilled to have you here. I do want to ask you, I saw you were a kinesiology major at Tennessee. Is that right? Mm -hmm. So you go from kinesiology at Tennessee, and tell me if this is right. When you were at Colorado, you majored in ecology and evolutionary biology. Yeah. How do you go from kinesiology to that? So I started out as a business major at Tennessee. Didn't know what I wanted to do. Kind of just oh, so we were it. missing one there. Well, it wasn't ever official, you know. Okay. But started out as a business major. Did that, did that for a year. My second year, 
get a new quarterback coach, new offense. And I'm like, man, I'm really struggling with this playbook stuff. And I also thought I wanted to be a chiropractor at the time. So I'm like, man, I'm going to go to this kind of functional movement kinesiology degree. It sounds kind of interesting. So I ended up going to that. That's going well. I'm enjoying it, enjoying the football stuff, and eventually go to the portal. And at Boulder, I'm like looking for what I can kind of transfer my degree over to. And they didn't have really any kinesiology programs. They had pretty much a biology program, like you mentioned, and they had a integrated physiology program. And I lost a ton of credits. I pretty much if I was going to go to the IFI program, and so I ended up going to the biology program because it's kind of what was going to get me closest to being on track for graduation there. So it's not something I necessarily wanted to get my degree in, but it was kind of <laughs> close, close to what I could could get and stay on track still for school. Well, so so did you graduate I, um, from Colorado? I did. I graduated okay. there. I got my biology degree there. So that's okay. why. That's why we. That's mom, why we mom get to got enjoy to come. Well, that's yep. right. Yeah, mom got to come and watch me walk across stage. So everything, everything was all right. Well, here's my deal. I have no idea what ecology and evolutionary biology are, but it, <laughs> but it sounds like something they'd be good at at Colorado. I don't know if you've ever been to Boulder, but it is definitely a very beautiful town. Yeah, a lot of beautiful Rocky Mountains and streams, and you, I don't know if there's any any places in the country that have a better place to go in the summer. It doesn't get above 85. There's no humidity, and it's gorgeous out there. So you, they do a lot of uh, field and re- field research and a lot of nature stuff out there. So they, you didn't research the humidity here. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> I was I, I was in Knoxville for a few years, so I'm not too not too unfamiliar with it though, at least. We know you want to go to the NFL eventually. Yes. We know you do not want to be a cop. So w- what would you like to do after football is over? I think I'm going to put all my eggs in the football basket right now and pray that it works out and do everything everything I can to make it work out. But uh, I think one way or another, I'd, I've always kind of enjoyed the football aspect and I've thought about getting into coaching after that. And then if that didn't work out, I'm going to get in my – like I said, I started out in business at Tennessee, so I'll be doing my master's here in business finance. And so I have some connections, possibly doing some finance stuff in the future as well. Favorite thing about Jonesboro so far? I really enjoy Blue Ember. Man, uh, that's a good place. My Lord. <laughs> you like barbecue. I love barbecue food. I haven't tried all the spots yet. I've been to Blue Ember, and that's pretty much it, because I haven't done a lot of eating out yet. I've been in that facility a ton. But I had an amazing brisket sandwich from that place, and it was phenomenal. So I've been back there a few times. We'll, we'll talk about that. another couple of spots. Yeah, we'll definitely get some good food recommendations. We got a date for the wedding? Probably next July. Not a set date yet, but looking like early July next year. We know where it's going to be? Somewhere in Tennessee is my guess. All right. So even though you're both Southern California kids. Her family's all out in Knoxville now pretty much. uh, Okay. Yeah, they all. So they migrated to Tennessee. Her sister played there, and she stayed out there. Her brother's uh, uh, working at a bank down in Georgia. And so mom and dad kind of came out south because she was out here to be close. And uh, I don't think they're going back to California anytime soon. And then my family's still out in California right now. But I wouldn't be shocked if they ended up moving out somewhere south soon either. Man, it's great to see you. Yeah, great well, to have you, you here at Arkansas State. I appreciate it. Yeah, Happy to be it. here. That's JT Shroud joining us here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. We'll wrap things up right after this. You raised your family here. Did every July 4th here refinished the floors here twice sized up your daughter's boyfriends here waited in the doorway all day when your son was coming home on leave this place has given you all you've dreamed of and now it's giving again in the form of a gourmet kitchen and the quietest dishwasher known to man 
Realize your dream with a home equity line of credit from Simmons Bank. Dreams realized. SimmonsBank.com. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender subject to credit approval. Red Wolf fans, this is Demario Davis, proud Red Wolf and linebacker for the New Orleans Saints. And I'm asking you to help out our current A-State student athletes by donating to the Impact Club. This organization helps our program stay competitive and supports our players by facilitating NIL agreements that allow them to endorse local charities, make a monthly commitment, and get access to team newsletters, special gear, and exclusive access you won't find anywhere else. Find out more and give today at impactclub.com. Thank you and Wolves up. Wrapping things up here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. It's uh, that week, the final week of July. That's when Sunbelt Conference Media Days is. That's where I was earlier in the week. That's where Coach Jones and a couple of player representatives were. You know the setup there. I do, yeah. Very well. Malik Straker and Justin Parks thought did a really good job representing the Red Wolves there. Also, the preseason all-conference teams came out. No surprise. Our man Dominic Zavada, former guest of this podcast, was named first team all league. Well, you should be best uh, your first team all league when your coaches, you know, and it wasn't even like a specific thing. I was listening to part of your guys' coverage when he just made a, a passing reference, or actually it may have even been on the TV coverage, right? Something about special teams they said, and how they've ranked in special teams. And he said, well, when you, you know, blah, 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 you know, we, it, you look at everything, we were number two in the country in all special teams last year, but you know, when, you, when you got the best kicker in the country, it's obviously a great place to start. And so he's best kicker in the country should be first team all-conference. Speaking of kickers, I did get to visit with A-State's all-time leading scorer for a long time at the hotel on Monday night when we got there. Blake Groupie is now on the roster for the New Orleans Saints. He's one of two kickers battling for the Saints kicking job and he was staying right around the corner and he came and I got there just a minute or two before coach Jones got in the lobby and coach Jones came up and gave him a big hug and just uh, really encouraged him as he got ready for Saints camp which started this week as well but you could tell Blake Groupie really loves Arkansas yeah. State and, and just wanted to talk about what was going on with the program and we heard about it from Dominic Zavada just how close those two are. They talk all the time. So it's good that the all-time leading scorer, who did you know, have that incredible experience last year, and he told us a lot about his year at Notre Dame, and you're Listen, happy that he's but, in the situation he is and now. And here's the thing. You are. And, and But I felt a little bit differently about Blake Groupie than a lot of other kind of transfer portal guys because, to me, Blake Groupie fulfilled his commitment to Arkansas State. Graduated. Graduated, rewrote records. It'd have been great for him to you know finish it out here, but he fulfilled his commitment and wish him nothing but the best. And look, if he didn't leave last year, good chance Dominic Zavada never came to well, Arkansas I mean, State. I would say better than a good chance, yeah. but he would have been silly to have come to Arkansas State. Other A-State news this week, Peyton Trawick is the new pitching coach for A-State baseball. He's an Arkansas native, grew up in Jacksonville. Spent last season at the College of Central Florida, where his team won a junior college national championship. So Tommy Raffo has his new pitching coach now. Other coaching news, O'Dane Lewis is a new assistant for the track and field team, former All-American at Texas Tech. 
Most recently was a coach at Harding, but he's going to work with the long jump and the triple jumpers. And I asked well, on the sports information, I was talking with someone, you know, kind of because my question was like, well, whose spot is this? And, and I think it was a, a spot that had been open. So it's not like I don't think anybody left that created this place. I think it was it may not have been exactly working with this group of athletes, but it was a, kind of a spot on the staff that had been sitting there open. And listen, if Coach Patchell says this is the guy, then that's the guy. I mean, right. who, who are we to question that? Uh, I think that? he's proven time and again <laughs> he knows what he's doing. I mean, you think about, you know, because especially with that group, with Matt Kraft and Matt Vining, they've been with him the whole time. Yeah. Now, given what Arkansas State's done, you tell me neither one of those guys have had a chance to go somewhere else or go run their own program, and they've been here the whole time with him. And that says uh, a lot about, really, those guys and, and Coach Patrick both, really. One other thing we want to hit on here. The stadium contest, which Uh I know we've been talking about every week, the last couple of weeks, started at 16. This past week, it was down to four. So the last few days, we've been doing the semifinal voting. I know that closed up yesterday. And I guess we'll start the final voting on Monday for the finals, right? So as we're sitting here, I I can't tell you who's in the final i have a look because technically voting's still open as we're sitting here recording this obviously when we roll back around to next week's we'll be right in the middle of the finals i would tell you i think it's going to be the top two seeds going at it i believe that's what'll happen and i'll say this i i understand that most people think and rightfully so that that 2012 middle tennessee game will roll in this thing and i understand it's the number one seed for a reason But I will say this. I don't know what the numbers look like in quarterfinal week. But in the first two weeks, the first two rounds, the first round and the quarterfinals, that number two seed, that comeback win against Memphis, down 31-6 at the half, won its first two margins by identical margins that that Middle Tennessee game was winning by. Really? Yeah. I expect it to be close just because of how great of a comeback it was, how electric that atmosphere was that night. So I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out on top. So like I said, I haven't, I mean, I've been looking more at like kind of the number of votes that have come in more than what those votes are. So I really, I have a look. I'll be surprised if it's not the one versus two seed. And we'll know for sure, obviously, when folks tune back in here next week, it will be right in the middle of the voting. But if so, then hey. We got the seating right, didn't we? We did. We'd like to pat ourselves on the back for that, but <laughs> I don't think that was too difficult. That was probably the easiest part. Anything else we need to discuss here? No, like I said, we'll have a quick turnaround and be back with the folks next week. So I'm sure something will tick me off between now and then. Appreciate JT Shrout for coming in and visiting with us today. For Brad, I'm Matt. Have a great weekend, everybody.